0: Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Oh, Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here. It is so awesome to be back on the couch. Of course, as you guys know, Papa Pierce is back here. One of the cool things that we just got done doing is the rip to Cabo with the Desert Assassins and Cameron Steele. Brought to you by Bulletproof Diesel. Got to make sure you get in all your sponsors as we will do here with our own shortly. Of course, we it's been a while. Two weeks ago, big thanks to Jordan Bailey and Cooper Bailey for filling in. While we were making our way to San Felipe, unfortunately, because it was so late, We could not make it onto the show, but that's okay. They did a great job. Really, really appreciate that. We didn't have a show last week because, again, it was too crazy in Cabo, my wife and I. We were having fun. We were drinking. We were doing things everybody wished they had pictures of, but that's okay, too. So Seat Time brought to you by the fine folks over at Fly Racing, Stillwell Performance, and, of course, Kind Tire USA. We will talk about them more throughout the show, and, of course, we're going to have the Pintful of Awesome Award. So thank you, everybody, for hashtagging Pintful of Awesome on your Instagram posts. We're going to have those awards a little bit later uh, if you don't know, there is a chat room, tlk.io slash seat time. That way you can help us with the show a little bit. If you've got comments, you've got questions, if you think my nose hairs need to be trimmed, that is definitely the place to go drop in because that way you you help shape the show. And we, of course, appreciate you doing that. Let's see, what other kind of house cleaning type stuff do we have to do? Sponsors? Oh, where is the site archived? Of course, we have the site, seattime.co. If you're watching live, you're most likely there. So you can catch all the archived shows there on the site. Um, if for some strange reason you are just thinking that either my father, darn you, or myself are not that attractive, you can, of course, just use Stitcher or iTunes, and it's just a podcast for you guys. So if you think we're sexy, please, please watch us live. If not, that's okay. You can catch the audio on the podcast version. So some of the stuff that just happened, big buck, GNCC. Caleb Russell goes four in a row wins. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Round four of the National Enduros. Russell Bobby gets his first win. Works. Gary Sutherland's back. Gary Sutherland gets a win. And Riptacabo with the Desert Assassins. Of course, because of the fact that we are so privileged to have Cameron Steele on the show for the first time, hopefully not the last, we're going to go right to Ripta Cabo. So let's just start it off. Mr. Cameron Steele, how is your evening going, kind sir?
1: It's going good. I got my... uh... Got my uh, pint full of awesome, so to speak. Got my Pacifico, and I got my trophy girl. There you go. So I, got, we're all good. I got my trophy girl, too. Woohoo! So sexy!
2: Ow! <laughs> lucky him, huh? Yeah, right? I,
1: after I saw both you guys cruising down the beach in your Speedos in Cabo, I'm not sure that uh, it's all that sexy. Okay?
0: Hey, I told my, I was like, I'm going to trim, and then I forgot. So sometimes manscaping is not the main priority, okay? It just happens. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Do You forgot you're just for men, though. So, I mean, are we really... I'm just kidding. Ouch. I love you.
1: I fit. I fixed up my hair before I went. I don't know. Your dad has some work to do. But, yeah, it was awesome down there. And other than you guys and your Speedos, it was all cool. No,
0: that was... A lot of people have asked me, how was the Rip to Cabo? Like, give me a synopsis. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't really know if there is a quick, easy synopsis, but... I think y'all's tagline really does you know kind of fulfill that synopsis quite well the journey of a lifetime every time uh i just how did you guys even come up with that tagline because it really is so perfect for this adventure
1: honestly i just started saying it over the years and uh, i turned up in a couple interviews and just felt like the right thing so this year we use it as the tagline on the shirt and just went with it i think uh I think it really embodies the trip because what you're sharing is the stoke and the camaraderie and the friendship and you know it's more than just a motorcycle ride so it's more of a journey in life and instead of just you know popping wheelies you can ride wheelies anywhere but uh, in Baja you do it with all your all your mates down the beach you work together to get through all the obstacles and you know some people say that we ride as a big cluster and you know they'd rather just you know they have their rides where they do it in individuals or whatever but. I think the group setting is what it's all about. So I think that's what helps make it that lifetime journey. It's not just the one rider. It's a group of riders. It's a group of chase guys. It's a group of media guys. And we all come together and form one bond. So I don't know. I just thought it was more than just a ride. So I thought the journey seemed like a, a good way to tag it. Yeah,
0: no, I, I would, I would absolutely agree. And what's cool is we've got two different viewpoints. You know, my dad was actually on the trip as well. For those of you who don't know, hopefully you followed some Instagramage and you know kind of what's going on there. And he was able to hang out with all the Chase dudes um, to to not just support myself, but to support other riders that were out there. And then I was one of the riders. Uh, luckily enough, to be one of the six uh, fresh fish or rookies, if you will. Uh, and it was interesting because I thought I was like, okay, I've done a lot of riding. Uh-huh. I know that in my life I haven't done a lot of a lot of long long distance long days of riding. I did the Colorado Five Hundred and a couple other events, you know, three four days here. Colorado Five Hundred a little bit longer, but still, like, it's been a while. I'm like, okay, I can, I can kind of handle this. But there really is no preparation, like, other than just being able to go to Baja <laughs> rant regularly and riding out there okay. because. Baja is such a nasty bitch. It, it seems like not only is it the most beautiful, scenic area out there, but at the same time, the cactus can jump up and bite you, the rock can the rock. take your front wheel out, all that kind of crazy stuff. And you guys have been doing this ride for 10 years, so I can only imagine that you've got some... So, like, I want to know, like, what are some of the wildest stories that have happened on that trip?
1: Well, pretty much anything you can think of has happened, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but... It's, uh, you know, I I don't know if I could pinpoint any really wild stuff. The things that really stand out in my mind are the nights, um, when you're talking about the good stuff, are the nights where you're coming in at one in the morning after having drama and problems, flat tires, broken wheels, chains come off, and you're just battling and battling and battling. And, you know, this year we were fortunate. I mean, no injuries, no drama. Um, I mean, we had a, a broken bead on a tire and a guy fall over and hurt his thumb, but You know, we were able to come in almost before dark every night, uh, even though I like riding in the dark. But for me, some of the best memories are those where I shared that late night, you know, riding side by side with guys that had no lights on their bike or weren't expecting to be out there at night. And one of my personal favorites is something my dad talks about all the time is we got to about uh, 40 miles outside of La Paz on just a brutal day. It was about 10 o'clock at night. It had been dark for a couple hours. Um... And everybody assumed we were going to jump on the pavement and go in. And I said, fill them up, boys. We're going for a ride. And uh, you rode the steps, also known as the stairs or the waterfall outside of La Paz. We did did that at about 11 o'clock at night one night. um, We came in at um, about 12.15. And when I got to the highway, I sent all the riders forward with someone else to the hotel because – I heard on the radio that the chase truck had put gas in the diesel truck, so we had to stop and drain the fuel at 1 in the morning and put it in buckets and, and find a local to give it to and uh, then get the truck going. So I didn't get back into the hotel till 3 in the morning. But that's just part of the adventure with Baja and one of those epic stories that just is an epic story now that it's behind us.
2: <laughs> yes, it- Sometimes it's not the good times you remember. Sometimes it's struggling through with your buddies, the tough times, you know, that that if you weren't together as a group, if you were, you know, fighting each other or or not cooperating, it would have been hell. But the fact that you did that together, you experienced it together. Sometimes that's better than the good times. You know, that that soldier stories they always tell. Uh, It's not always a good day in the in the trenches, but. There's a brotherhood and a camaraderie there that's built during the hard times. And I, I saw a lot of that while I was there. You have no idea how many three-quarters dead riders I saw coming in at night covered in dirt, ear-to-ear grins. Just you you just couldn't been. wipe the smiles off those dirty faces if you tried.
0: <laughs> uh, and it, it, the, the brotherhood and the camaraderie that you guys are talking about, I witnessed that for myself, obviously with my own stupidity in the sense of, of running into a cactus and getting – Best part, Cameron, I have the GoPro footage of me running into that cactus, all the cursing and the screaming that goes along with the uh, with having the cactus covering your complete arm, but it was uh, Bill Grant and Frank Bear who just rode up, saw that I was in a lot of pain and that I needed help, and they just started helping, um, and it was just interesting, I, I didn't I don't know, like I always feel like I would be the guy to help out too, but it was just cool that those dudes, watching that GoPro footage again is what really reminded me just how how effortless it was for those guys to just take their tool packs out, grab their pliers, and literally just pick hundreds of needles out of my arm for 30 minutes. It's pretty insane how awesome (laughs) those dudes are. I
2: wonder how many times they've done that before. Yeah, probably a couple. (laughs)
1: The rule of thumb is you're supposed to take a picture of the guy in agony first with the cactus sticking out of him. So, I hope they try- did
2: that,
0: honestly. If they did, I'm in.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the cool part is you got the GoPro, so it'll end up on the CBS show. So make sure you send us that footage if you didn't download it already. But, you know, I think it's just the common bond of all the guys. And sometimes it takes, you know, a day or two to get switched on to it. But it doesn't take long before you realize that, you know, you're all in it together. You're working together. I mean, the first day we had – a total donkey move we let this you know guy come with a 450r and we ended up having to tow him um, backwards out of one of the single tracks that we were on and we ended up towing him further than he rode and uh, he drove all the way out from Atlanta with a 450r after we told him it wasn't the right bike you know he swore up and down that he was an off-road rider pictures video the whole thing we let him go and then his bike makes it 46 miles but that's just part of the camaraderie in the brotherhood you know the boys jumped on it towed him back and we got the group all back together and you know at the end of the day another rider who brought a spare bike let that rider from Atlanta ride um, his spare bike for over 1200 miles and I mean what kind of brother does that I mean we all know if you ride your dirt bike for 40 hours you're probably gonna have to do some work on it and <laughs> I would say Brian Beatty definitely uh, was definitely uh, just in being right there for that best brother award. I think he was the runner up for that. But just what a what a just a valiant a uh, gift to give to another rider to let him be able to ride. I mean, arguably this guy uh, Eric um, would have been out after forty six miles. He would have been in the chase truck the whole way if someone didn't have a spare bike for him.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty epic. And, and uh, I had a dumb move on the second day, which felt all too reminiscent of when I was in Baja the last time at the Baja rally. So bikes overheating. we were in the wash headed to the rock trail. The bikes overheating. And I remembered Mark. Uh, Bradford saying, if you're if it looks like you're losing oil, lay the bike over because you want to make sure you keep as much oil as possible just in case. So that way, because, you know, moisture is very important. Obviously, oil is even more important. So the bike's overheating, boiling like crazy, and I couldn't see right away what was going on. So I was like, crap, I totally busted a case, no idea what's going on. So I lay the bike over. And when I lay the bike over, I closed the petcocks. So I turned the gas off just in case. And, like, we get the bike up. I pee on it a couple times just to help get some moisture. We pour a little bit of water in the radiator. And we realize, okay, it's not cracked. It was just radiator fluid. We're going to keep going. So we go. And about 30 seconds later, what happens? Because dum you turn off the pet dum. cucks, the bike dies. And the way it died, I was just like, oh, my God, this thing seized again. Fucking KTM in Mexico. This is ridiculous. Bradford starts kicking on it. And he's even like, yeah, dude, it – Dude, it's like, holy crap, there's a lot of compression. This thing feels weird. But we know that that was because of the RevLock. But, yeah, I turned the petcocks off, and then I saw his foot, and I was like, oh, shit. And so, like, luckily enough, Miss Piggy kept going. But, man, that was a moment of panic for myself. And you looked at me, and you were like, really? The petcocks were off?
2: And I was like,
1: yes. And you uh, didn't
2: even give him a pink ribbon for that one. Yeah, I, was, that was, I was surprised.
1: It was close. It was, a, it was a big day, and I think that the relief for me just to get everybody through the uh, rock trail made it pretty, you know, made it so I forgot that. The best part about that story is I was right there because I was riding sweep. You know, his bike turns off. I come up, I ride by him, and he's, you know, he's, like, spitting his teeth out pissed. He grabs his goggles off his helmet, throws him on the ground, just all pissed off, and I'm like, whoa, take it easy. <laughs> the bike sees, the bike sees. Bradford's like... You know, he's like, "Calm down," and it, and it was funny because Bradford gets on, start kicking, starts kicking, and Brian looks at the pet box. He's just like, "I am a donkey.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it just it,
0: and the only reason why I immediately went to it Seas is just because of last year, and it just felt so reminiscent of that. I just like totally went into that stupid state of mind of acting like a acting like a donkey
1: yeah
2: trust miss piggy oh no we've mm-mm. trust miss no.
0: piggy miss piggy's 10 years old miss piggy needs to go to miss piggy graveyard well it's
1: pretty true i was i was impressed i mean i think that overall that you did a great job i mean this is our biggest field of uh, pescado fresca or fresh fish fish and uh you know i thought you were a great addition to the team brian i mean i definitely would invite you back for sure and hope that you come back it was a uh, you know it's a little it's always a little risky for us, you know, having people come on the trip that we don't know and we try to suss it out, we talk to people, we try to get vouching and when you told me that you rode the Baja Rally, I was like, "Okay, well, I've ridden the Baja Rally and that's that's a pretty serious kettle of fish right there and I said, "All right, and let's do this." And you know, when you when you said you had a 6-gallon tank on your bike, I was like, "Uh, hmm. Okay, well, at least he's not one of these donkeys showing up with a 3-gallon tank." On- <laughs> Yeah. So I guys handled it well. Steve, great part of the chase crew. It was fun to have you there, great. fun to share with you and you know, hopefully you got to see enjoy it and see it from oh, the gut. Absolutely. The other side.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Even even the trip back with the chase crew, when we went to some of the inlets and bays that we didn't get a chance to do with the ride, the place is just never ending beauty. And and it's it, I wish everybody could experience some of the things we saw, some of the inlets, the bays. I think it's Mulanji, Mulanji? Mulanji. okay. Well, you know, my Spanish is like 50 years old.
0: It's, you sounded more like you were doing some kind of Hawaiian well, thing.
2: Well, when I took Spanish, Lyndon Johnson was president, and European four-strokes were hard to beat. Wait a minute, they are again. But at any rate, we got to see parts of the Baja that we didn't see in the rally, we didn't see in the ride down, and they're just beautiful. There's just no way around it. It's gorgeous country and great people.
1: Yeah. One of the things we really focus on, Steve, is that, you know, we we look at the Baja Peninsula and, you know, we've done it, you know, different rides. It used to be Rift to the Tip. Now it's Rift to Cabo. But over the 10 years, we've looked at the peninsula and tried to look at it different ways every time. We've tried to stay everywhere we can that can ad- accommodate the size of our group. And right. some places can accommodate it. Um, you know, next year, um we will spend more time on the east Co- on the east coast on the Sea of Cortez. Um a couple of years ago we did what's called the No Wimps Trail, which is a really rugged remote area that's not even passable right now because of the hurricane dam. It comes out just above Santa Rosalía and Mulegé and uh, we actually went down into Mulegé on our dirt bikes. Um we did it in the Trail of Missions as well. We host a truck trip in June which goes down the entire peninsula. So we're constantly scouting and looking, and, and what you're saying is stuff you didn't see this time. The idea is if, if you go a few times, you'll end up seeing tons of different stuff. Yeah, some stuff will be repetitive. As we said, we've stayed in San Ignacio every single year. Hmm. It might not happen again next year, actually, from the plans we're already laying out. But you know, there's so many things to see, and that's why we spend the time to do the crazy so, you know, We'll be going somewhere and we'll say, I wonder what's out there. And we'll go. We'll just turn right and go. And then we'll go left and we'll see, you know, and the idea is to try to ride every inch of the peninsula where it makes sense and where we're being respectful to the peninsula and the people as well. But it's uh, it's great to just be able to share all these different beautiful vistas every year.
2: And, and Cameron, what you said, one thing is really important, is respectful of the people and the land. You know, it's it's easy to say, okay, well, it's a bunch of rich Americans that come down here with their trucks and their bikes and rape the land and, you know, throw a pittance to the people. But that's not it. You know, the respect we saw at the rally, the respect we saw in your organization, the work you guys did after the hurricane, taking down truckloads of, of supplies after the hurricane, I mean, that that is not taking advantage of an area to ride. That's loving the land, loving the people, and taking care of it for not only for yourselves but for the next generation like this Claude here this donkey but I appreciate- I pre- you know I appreciate what you guys do you're an excellent role model in that and all the people who say all we do is go down there and rape the peninsula they don't get it they they're just they're not in touch with what's really happening
1: well I think I think it, I mean it's really an honor for me to hear you say that you know when people come down and they get a vision of what we do and how we treat it. I mean, we have so much respect for the people and, you know, you you have to respect the land, the people, and even, you know, beyond that, the animals, um, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a guy that's eco warrior or whatever, but I'm definitely someone who's conscious of what's going on around me. And I know that we can't just come in and, and just run amok. And we think about it and we, you know, we have all the permits, we talk to all the people, we stop and talk to the ranchers, but, you know, in a lot of cases, the places that we go, we're, you know, seeing people that don't see a ton of people. We're bringing, sure, we bring stickers and posters, but we also bring other stuff, you know. You know, a good example is our friend Poncho, who we went and saw at San Rafael Fish Camp. And you mentioned the Baja Strong effort, which was, of course, more than just myself with the Desert Assassins, a number of us sending semi-loads and uh, full of stuff down the peninsula, truckloads and you know, Poncho's a guy who was greatly impacted by the Hurricane Oldie. We were the first people to get to him after the hurricane to bring him supplies. And on this trip, you know, we would normally bring him in our backpacks, uh, some kind of fruits and vegetables or whatever. Um, This time we had trucks with us. So we had, you know, boxes full of stuff that we brought to him. And it's just the relationships you build. And the people are so stoked to see you. And, you know, most times – I would say 95% or greater of the times you go somewhere, they want you to ride faster than you're riding. They want you to ride wheelies because, I mean, hey, not every place we go has television, and they don't have the Indy 500 on TV. I mean, it's basically, you know, we we are the Indy 500 coming through their front yard, and they love it. The kids come running out of school. The, kid, the teachers are stoked. We give them stickers. We high-five them. We, you know, we treat them with respect, and... It's just the, the people there are so genuine and so personable. It's so great. I mean, I always say that we're kind of ruined by technology. I mean, I could sit in a room with you guys and have dinner and we'd all be texting or talking on the phone or whatever. I mean, down there when our cell phones don't work is the greatest time in the world because we're just experiencing each other pure and raw with no interruption. And that's how we get to interface with people of Baja as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you guys got a chance to see any of the recaps that they put out there, you obviously got to see part of that. So Cameron had his helmet cam on, and you know he went up to one of the schools. I mean, the kids ran out of the school. He took the time to sit down, give them all the stickers, high-five everybody. Obviously, if you haven't seen that you can go to the uh, the to Cabo YouTube page. They've got all seven of the daily recaps there to kind of you know get a synopsis. Uh, later on in the year, hopefully Cameron ha- maybe has a date for us, there will be the, the TV show on CBS, which will be the 2015 Rip to Cabo. Do you have a date for when that's going to air yet, Cameron?
1: We don't have the date yet. It's okay. something that we're on. It'll be sometime in the next couple of months, but we'll also have a series. So the way we do it is it's a three-stage media process, so to speak. We do live updates while we're on the trip, which are down and dirty videos that kind of encapsulate. You know, they're for the family, friends, people that want to view, whether it's, you know, 2,000 or 5,000 viewers or whatever, while we're actually doing the trip. So it's a quick and dirty edit. Then we come home, we start to look at the footage with the Temp Media guys, and what we'll do is we'll build webisodes that maybe aren't – the idea this year is not to be chronicled daily uh, footage under different headers. But we'll have a five-part web series and that will lead into a television show. So, you know, for us, it's a, it's really cool because we can share it three different times. And then uh, we'll all spend time talking story, whether it's on Race Desert, that where all the riders will log in and share the stories of the trip. So it's, um, it's pretty incredible just to uh, be able to share it in all those different forms. But to answer your question, we don't have an air day yet. CBS is a great partner. And uh, they've they aired our show I think last year nine times. I expect a lot of and uh when I get the date I'll get it to you, but I'm expecting it's about ten weeks out. Okay. Yeah, no worries. That'll be great to know and I know I'm gonna we'll be stoked
0: oh, to absolutely. sit down together and watch it and relive that uh- Because that
2: was the my first experience with the rip to tip was seeing it rip to the tip, was seeing it on T V. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Brian's telling me that there's an opportunity to, to go, and it's like, yeah, let's go. Yeah,
0: yeah let's yeah. make it happen. Well, uh, before we let you go, really quick. So, obviously, we're talking about Rip to Cabo. There are other adventures that you guys do. Now, I, I don't know what it's going to be like in the future, how many fresh fish that haven't been on any of your other trips you're going to allow on. Obviously, I feel very, very honored to have been allowed on the trip. But w- so if other people want to kind of go seven days, 1,500 miles, holy shit, that's a lot. You know what are your tell us about some of your other adventures that you guys have that people could maybe try to get involved with so that they can kind of start to get a taste of what you guys put together
1: well one of the things we really like to do is we like to have people ride other rides first before they come on to Cabo a couple of guys had been on both beach bash and hell rides as the fresh fish so they were kind of known quantities to us Dan Gregory who owns Dan's motorsport outlet in Oregon had been on beach bash three times and really that's the best Get to know Baja trip. It's in northern Baja. It's uh, hosted by myself and Johnny Campbell. It's a Desert Assassin, JCR's top uh, uh, co effort, along with uh, Scotty uh, Bloom, is part of it with Baja Rally. And a huge part of it is Chili White from Enduro 360. So we all get together, open up the beaches and the mountains of northern Baja. Um, we've hosted as many as 85 guys on that trip. But we're uh, we're trying to keep it under sixty, around fifty. But part of the mission is to raise money for the Rancho Santa Marta Orphanage, which last year we were able to raise forty thousand dollars. I haven't told anybody yet, but we already have forty thousand dollars in the bill for this year. So we're looking to get over sixty thousand. But we do Baja Beach Bash. We also do Surf and Turf with uh, September, and we also have a ride called Hell Ride, which is a tough single track ride. Uh, try to keep that under eight riders. Guys, um, it was a little bit tougher, um, but we arguably rode the toughest trail in Baja when we rode the Rock Trail. So, a lot of tough stuff on both rides. We also do truck trips. Um, the Rip to Cabo has almost a twin in trucks, which is called the Trail of Mission. And we visit mission historic sites down the Baja Peninsula over seven days, um, ending somewhere down south of Loreto. And uh, that's something that uh, happens. We also have a trip called the Truck and Time um, that is a truck trip as well. So we're we're invested in a number of adventure rides, uh, adventure truck trips. We do some private trips with FMF and uh, a couple races as well, but those aren't really open to the public. We do the FMF Baja Banana partnership with so, Little Don and Travis Clark. So there's kind of a lot going on. But if I was going to suggest one ride to newbies, I would suggest log on to BajaBeachBash.com. It's July 23rd through 26th. You can fly in and rent a bike from Chili White at Enduro 360. And you can come on the ride and just experience an epic trip. It's around $800. We do great fundraising. Everybody's encouraged to be a part of it. And I think that's the best ride to get started with. But there's, there's a number of different rides with a number of different flavors for you know every kind of vibe and feel that people want to be a part of.
0: Right on. And what's the best way for them to find out about these? Is it Desert, your Desert Assassins website or Facebook? Or what do you think is the best way for them to learn about that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, our Desert Assassins uh, page sucks. I wouldn't go there. I'd go to uh, – we're, we're in the midst of, of working on a rebuild, trying to figure out exactly how we're going to do it. Um, I would go to um, our Facebook page. usually has all the information. You can message us there. Um, you can go to Rip Cabo has – Um, you can go to our uh, DA website if you really want to and web and webmail us there. So people can find a way to, to figure out what it is. But usually the Facebook has the dates of all the rides on the Desert Assassin's uh, Facebook page. There's a dates part there that has what the rides and truck trips are that are coming up.
0: Right on. Well, that's awesome, dude. Uh, I'm, I, you know, Everybody's asking, are you going to do it again? I'm like, man – if if it was if it was as easy to say yes as I want it to be, I totally would. It's obviously you know a big time commitment, a big uh, financial commitment to kind of make it happen. But if it all works out, I'd love to do it. I think I'm going to be kind of like Rusty Espinosa and maybe have that every other year. Uh, obviously, if I get invited back, that's a big part of it, of course. But it's kind of like if you know every other year kind of thing because it's obviously a lot of time and a lot of finances. But man, it was it was an amazing experience. Definitely, really appreciate you allowing myself and my father to experience it together and then obviously experience everything you guys do because it was an amazing, amazing time.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming. I think you're a great addition to the trip. Your riding was top notch. I mean, you seem like a Baja pro right out of the gate. No stress, no struggles. You were never on the radar, which is a good thing. You don't want to be on the radar. (laughs) the, The thing is, you still don't know. You don't know how hard the hook has been set because it usually takes about a month before you start thinking about You know all the things that happened and how much fun you had and how much fun it was to share with your dad or your lady down there or whatever, you know. And and a lot of times, right out of it, like I'm feeling the same right now. I'm like, well, why the hell do I want to host 40 people down the Baja Peninsula again? Why do I want to (laughs) put that? But a month from now, we'll be planning the trip and thinking about it again and talking to the boys and the vibe starts to bubble up and so. You let me know in a month or so how you're feeling. If you want a spot on the trip, you got it. You're invited back. You were a great part of the trip. And you know your show here and the efforts that you're making outside of just being a rider are are also very welcome. And it's a cool part to have someone that understands the media aspect of it as well.
0: Oh, man, I really appreciate it. As well, kind words from you mean a lot. So I definitely really appreciate it. And obviously, I know at some point Brian Elliott's going to listen. And I hope that you hear everything he just said. I'm not just a P.O.S., I love Brian Elliott, He's a good guy. Well, dude, I know you've got your family there. You guys are probably trying to get ready to dinner. I really appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time to chat with us. Um, we obviously will be in touch soon. And uh, are they, is that? Yep, there it is. <laughs> Dinner's happening. Yep.
2: Yeah. Can I do a shout out to Derek Frenchie and your dad? Oh, uh, there you go. I really enjoyed being with them. Uh, you know, they, <clears throat> Can I shout out to Derek Frenchie and your dad that I really enjoyed being with those guys? Uh, you got two super troopers there. With Derek and Frenchie.
1: Derek and Frenchie are definitely all-stars. They've done a great job. Uh, they're great dirt bike riders, too, so they totally respect it. Both of them want to ride the ride, but you're, I'm like, I need you to work the ride. So <laughs> we're going to get time uh, when we go to Beach Bash and hopefully Surf and Turf. They'll both be riding. So you know, spread the word about those trips. And uh, you know, I think if people can come out to Beach Bash or people can give at beachbash.com to the orphanage it would be great. And I hope to see you come back out, bud. It'd be great to have you come out. Maybe you can ride one of my bikes if you want to come out for Beach Bash.
0: woo That would be pretty wicked, man. Well, yeah. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for your time. And I know that we're going to be chatting again soon. And if nothing else, always enjoy a pint full of awesome.
1: Right on. Party naked.
0: <laughs> As I'm doing, well, below the waist anyway.
2: <laughs> no, he's not.
0: No. My dad would freak out. Nobody likes that. Enjoy your Pacifico, dude. We'll chat soon. <laughs> Later, man.
2: Why didn't I bring the Tecate? I have an unopened 12-pack of Tecate. Is it from the the Boston? It's from, where did I buy it? Cabo. I know why
0: you didn't bring it, because it's probably skunk at this point. It
2: came all over, bounced in the trucks all the way up from Cabo, and here we are, a pint full of awesome, and I left a 12-pack sitting at home.
0: Yeah, obviously, we've been trying to enjoy a few more pints full of awesome while we've been uh, on the couch, but unfortunately, I'm not going to lie, we had gone for two weeks. I came back into a shitstorm at work. And uh, I've got <laughs> I've been stupid busy, and uh, I had to rush home from work and make sure that I could make it here, do show notes, put the kids down, bathe them, all that stuff. Obviously, my wife is a huge help, so that helps that she is such an accommodating woman for all the things that we have going on in our life. But, um, yeah, so we're drinking water tonight, so that's just uh, – sometimes that's just the way it rules. But uh, if anybody – yeah, seriously. We're drinking uh, We've got the sure. posters, ripped to Cabo. These things are awesome. They're all over the place. You guys need to check out this event. Again, uh, the Seat Time website, I've been posting the daily recaps there as well. Uh, kind of spread them out a little bit so they're not just slamming the website you know, seven at a time, kind of you know, a little bit slower than that. So check them out, man. They're there. They're a great time for everybody. So before we go directly into the Fly Racing Pintful Full of Awesome Award, I did want to say thank you very much to um, our some of our other sponsors. So Kenda Tire USA, for those of you who don't know, you can go learn more about those guys at Kenda Tire. USA or Kindatire.com and they're making a lot of strides um, not just in the off-road market but in Baja a lot of people were kind of like, oh, you know, Kinda, you know, oh, they're a little bit of a discount tire. And I was like, the discussions I've had with everybody at Kinda, they're not just a discount tire anymore. They're making a lot, they're putting in a lot of effort to in R&D to really become the off-road tire. And I think that it shows not just in like the gummy kind of prototype tires that you can get for your more hard enduro or your enduro cross type stuff, but what they've done is they've taken the trials tire that a lot of people came, you know, really popular and then kind of created a hybrid around it. So if you notice with those um, trials tires, there's no side knobbies. And so they work really, really good. But if you if you're a rider who leans over and kind of like rails the ruts, if you will, you're not going to get a lot of traction, and your tire is going to slide out from the from the rut. What they've started doing is they've taken this kind, they've kind of opened up just a little bit the trials t- uh, pattern in the center, but then put some side knobs on it. So that way, while you're in kind of those those stickier situations in your pitter pattern, a little bit slower, you can run a little bit lower air pressure, and you can get a little bit more traction. But then at the same time, when you lean it over and you're in the turns you could still get that traction like you would on your more typical kind of knobby tire. It's called the Equilibrium. There's a little uh, ad on our site. You can click that. It'll head you over to Kindatire.com to learn more about that. Or you can head over to their Facebook page, ask them about it. I think that's the best way to really kind of try to, to learn more about that product. Is, is not just to take it for granted what people tell you, but go to their website, ask them questions, go to your shop, ask
2: about Kindatire, And
0: that's the way to educate yourself is to talk to people that know the product.
2: And I'm sold on those Parker's. As I compared your bike to the other bikes that did not change tires, yeah, those Parkers held up well, and it's a street legal tire. Yeah, you you still had plenty of front knobby left. You had plenty of rear knobby left, even after you burn out. Um, those things were impressive. I'm sold. That's what. If I burn
0: out, I listened. I did not do a tire burnout. The burnout he's referring to is my bike literally burning out in Cabo uh it, it tried to die and that is and that, that is unfortunately there's just no time for the show for us to even go into that so it will be in my write up that I will put on my website and of course we're going to be doing our own little recap video uh that's going to be a good time so let's talk about the pintful of awesome award um while I was gone Steven and Jordan and Dale Spangler at Fly Racing were so so grateful to put this together for us so we're giving away some of the new Kinetic mesh gear for this spring in in, in texas very very needed and so i know that there's other parts of the world and in the country where it's humid it's hot and you want to breathe better and i promise you this gear does that i love wearing it because what's happened you could stand up and you just immediately feel all the nether regions extremely cool off because they're just they flow so well um so we're going to go through our honorable mentions first so steven are you ready for our honorable mention Okay, so at Rick Hines eight one four had this awesome picture. Uh, this looks like I can't really tell, but I want to say that he lost a chunk of his flesh. And this is I, this I have had a wound like this before, not from riding, but because I'm an idiot and I stabbed myself in the knee while trying to cut something. Hey. Uh, I'm not, you know, Donkey Award. Just keep on bringing it.
2: Or tried to start the 400. Or tried, 400 yeah, but that drill. was
0: the back of my knee. That was yeah. the back of my knee. Okay. So, honorable mention. Unfortunately, there's no prizes except for the fact that you're awesome and we get to talk about you. So, third place, which is going to be Fly Racing Hat. woohoo, Is at OG.AL. Now, this picture may seem a little bland, but this dude, if you go through a lot of the stuff that he's t- hashtagged a pintful of awesome, I really enjoyed it. A lot of them were videos, so because of the fact that it's just a little bit tougher for us to save a video, put it into the show, blah, 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 it's a lot easier for us to show this picture. But this dude tagged a lot of stuff, pintful of awesome, is out on his BMX bike, riding his dirt bike, seems like a young kid, really into riding. I think he's on an 85 right there. So he's obviously wearing fly, and I'm like, you know what, this dude he needs a fly hat to make sure to go with his, uh, with his awesomeness out there. So thank you very much for, for your submission at Ogle Al. I don't really know these people's real names. I'm just going off of what we got in the, in, 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 the, in their, in their, at, in their Instagram name. Okay, so second place for the Pieful of Awesome award is Chuck82. Yo! Now, granted, this person in the picture may not be Chuck, but. This gentleman is definitely winning himself a shirt because he has no shirt on. And I just thought this was the perfect, the perfect picture to be tagged Pintful of Awesome to be able to win a fly racing polo. I was like, this guy's classy. He just doesn't know how to show it yet. So now he's going to be able to walk around with only a fly racing shirt on, maybe some underwear, and he will definitely, definitely pick up the ladies. I think. Maybe.
2: Kind of like you at the beach in Cabo after you took your gear off.
0: Yes, me in my French attire. Hey, man. You just got to rock what you know. You just got to rock what you know, and I don't know much, so Your I don't, was so I don't there, wear so much. You
2: get, <laughs> his wife was there, so he couldn't get in trouble. Yeah,
0: I know, right? Oh, I could get in trouble. She could just get in trouble with me. But first place for the Pintful of Awesome Award is someone that I'm proud that they've that they stuck with it. I have seen them post uh, a couple times when we have had the fly racing Pintful of Awesome Award a few times, and I'm glad that they keep posting, and their son is ridiculously adorable tons of cool stuff wearing his fly racing gear riding his dirt bike and at the same time working on his track so veggie Hudson from instagram congratulations you will be winning a set of fly the 2015 fly racing kinetic mesh gear uh, we can obviously talk it out later if, if it's going to be you know gear for your son if it's going to be gear for you that you're going to then hold your son and be like sorry i'm the one who gets to feel better than you do because mine's in his gear suck it we could work that out after the fact, but congratulations. I just wanted to say thank you for, you know, taking part uh, in everything that is seat time and taking part of this competition and, and having such an awesome relationship with your child. And not just because you have a relationship with your child in the, in the dirt biking arena. We love that. But you can tell in your pictures that you have a great a great relationship with your kid, and that in itself is just awesome. So congratulations. Thank you, everybody, who used the hashtag Pintful of Awesome. Um, of course, we may not be doing it right away, but I can promise you that, we'll pro- that, that fly racing is going to allow us to do something of this nature again. So it'll be coming. So we're going to have um, Robbie Marshall coming on. You got to run what you brung. Thank you, Dale Spangler. Thank you. Yes, you're right, sir. So we're going to have Robbie Marshall come on, and we're going to talk about a little bit of J-Day. I've noticed what we were talking about. We were out of town for a while. We had all the GNCC stuff going on. We had a lot of the, the National Enduros that just happened. So there's been some news, you know. Mm-hmm. But one of the other things that has happened is J-Day started, and J-Day is just awesome. It's so much fun to watch these recap videos, these two 30-minute motos. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I want to think I'd love it, but, like, You know, oh, three hours, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to race three hours anymore. I was like, maybe that's more fun. So that's why I love having the J-Day guys on because they're so pumped on the series and they have a great time and their enthusiasm makes our enthusiasm that much better. So without further ado, Mr. Robbie Marshall, how was your evening going, kind sir?
3: It's good. Just uh, getting home from work. Had a late one, trying to get the track ready for the weekend. So it's nice to be in the house relaxing a little bit.
0: Did, Did you just smoke half a pack of cigarettes?
3: Yeah, I feel like oh, you're right up and yelling. i <laughs> <laughs> working with one of my guys. i got to yell at him all day over the machines like, hey, put the dirt right there. <laughs> Where? Yes. No. Shit. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: dude, you're building boobs. We need like, you know, mounds.
3: Yeah, right, right. Come on,
0: man. Take the nipples off of those things. That's ridiculous. So you're actually – your Ram tracks design, I believe – is that is that correct? Ram tracks.
3: Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's the track building side, and yeah. then there's ram tracks racing. Now that's the racing side. So, you're expanding. Yes, I'm expanding. and I, moving I on.
0: I didn't get any kind of offers this year. I'm really kind of. I mean,
3: well, yeah. you know, startup team. I'll wait till I'm the big time, and I got the big bucks to go be, you know, offering and going for guys like you. Oh, that's yeah, cause you, you know, I'm worth quite a pretty
0: penny. Pretty. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So, well, that's cool, man. Obviously, we had you on a couple shows ago. We got a chance to talk about your Ram Track design and all the building that you've been doing and how you've kind of taken that out as a full-time job. Obviously, if you're getting to a point where you can support riders, you're doing pretty good, and that's a great way to get your name out there. And you're also going to be – you have been building the course for this weekend's uh, Crow Hill GP for J-Day. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, it's – we had two weeks ago there was a foot of snow still on the ground, so like – you know, it's pretty much the same course it was last year. We're just trying to get it, you know, put some drainage in and do some stuff to get it dried out a little bit, so it's not such a mess. But it's good. I mean, we try to haul in some fresh dirt and change it up. You know, we added a little bit of clay and then we added some sand. So we we just kind of try to mix it up and 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 get it get it dry and rideable. Obviously, is the, is the number one. And you know, it's kind of hard to do that with the with the ground as wet as it is from the snow and stuff. So. You know, bringing the sand in and stuff really helps just mix it up and make a good course. Right just on. Just, just battles is it
0: is it just me or Does it sound like he already does more work than Feld Motorsports?
3: Uh, yeah.
2: It would seem so.
0: <laughs> it's like you're like I like how you're like going to a natural place yeah. and bring it in. More types of dirt. Where they come into a stadium and should be bringing in new shit every time. It's the
2: same old stuff they pile <laughs> in the parking lot every year. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man! So obviously you're doing something right, and from Texas we appreciate that. So that's awesome.
3: Um, yeah, you got to get you guys up here to race one of these. I think uh, I think the way the series is going and the courses are being built now, even the other ones, you know, the the real woodsy ones, is just you can't have any more fun on a dirt bike and it's just such a good time and it's you know whether you're winning or in dead last it does not matter you're having just as much fun out there and you know it's not too much like you were saying three hours I mean I work full time like I can handle two 30 minute motos I can ride through that like three hours or two hours it's just too much for me to handle like you know my hands can't take it you know I do (laughs) fun.
0: (laughs) <laughs> i do i have the babiest of hands <laughs> anybody could go back i think it's like probably every other show and there's probably some comment about me and my uh me and my baby hands it's quite it's
2: unfortunate it's in the well, don't
3: feel bad because i have like the roughest hands you could ever see they're just cut and blisters and scarred and like rough rubbing and steel all day and i still get just busted open if i go for three hours
0: man i didn't realize the porn industry had gotten so interesting
3: Yeah, it's gnarly now. Oh, (laughs) so they they got rid of all the lube, and now you've got dry, cracked
0: hands. Yeah, that's disgusting. (laughs) Nobody,
3: (laughs) nobody enjoys that. Extra oils for some extra lubricants. (laughs) They've been taking care of me for years.
0: I love it. They get you all all lubed up and ready to go, huh? I love Uh, your accent too. That's awesome. Oh yeah, we could just we could just listen to you talk. Like what I think we should do sometime is have the J Day Rippers like read bedtime stories. Like yeah, uh, so that way we could like, and I'll be like, "Yes, here you go, Liam. Let me put on your bedtime story." And that would just like hit play on like the J.D. Rippers with the with the accent and the way yeah, that they like, talk and about the sleep.
3: You hit the, the sh- ball hard. You <laughs> <laughs> hit the ball wicked hard, wicked hard. hard,
2: hard, and you pack your car in the garage.
3: Yeah, that's right, and have it Yeah.
2: I used to live
0: there. I think I think this uh this show is gonna be me laughing a majority of it at this point. It's kinda of fun. So you won last year, kicked butt in the J Day series, and then of course you come away with a two one this past weekend, which in Moto standards gives you the win because of the fact that you came over uh Johnny and man. So Southwick, it's open again. You guys had your opener there. Just kind of break it down for us. Was it awesome? Was it not awesome? Was it moto-y? Was it woodsy, you know? Did you kick butt? Did you feel like you just barely won? Like yeah. Give us yeah. give us the I mean, deets, bro.
3: I uh everyone was saying, you know, are your guys ready, your guys ready, and I'm like, they're all been training all winter, like they're on point, you know, they're race ready. I was the problem. I've been working so much, I'm like, you know, I all I was counting on pulling one of those veteran cards out, and you know, fortunately I, I got it done with one of those, but you know, it was like blowing my hands off the handlebars i was so pumped up and tired and stuff and it was uh it was gnarly but you know it's sand and it's like you know i I can be completely out of shape but i just love sand like you know if it was a rocky techie you know gnarly woodsy race it would be a lot harder for me but you know i just know how to kind of get on the sand and float and uh as far as Southwick, yeah, Keith Johnson's actually running it now and Dowdy's been down there helping and like it's unbelievable they turned it around and like kinda of built the old layout. And uh, I did an NESC race there a couple weeks ago and like it was just crazy. You know, I, I turned the turn, the first turn, and I went down the washboard and instantly I was like, Oh man, like this is what I grew up riding, you know, like in the 90s, you know, with 50s, 60s. I mean, my first race was there and the it was back to that way, you know, it just felt right. And, uh, you know, it's, it was still good the past 10 years, but it was the wrong way. It was always, you know, going against itself. And when they turned it back around, they added all the old things, the camel humps and all that in. And I was just like mind blown at how sick the track was again. And you know, I really appreciated it, you know, being older and, and riding it before and now, so. Right. Well, it was good, but what, what the did... course was great. It was unbelievable. I mean, J-Day does such a good job with, like, you know, he doesn't, there's maybe one little section of the track it narrows down to one line, but the rest of it, I mean, even the, you know, the tight, woodsy single track, there's at least four single tracks across, so, you know, there's you know 150 guys out there, and it's a smaller course than a GNCC, so you know the lappers are a huge deal. But you know he's got it so wide, he's got it 40 feet wide with three or four different single tracks. So like you know if you bunch up, you can take a slow line, but you can at least get around people.
0: Right. Yeah. That's so, that's one thing that I think would be really interesting. I know that they've a couple times tried to do stuff like that at some of the some of the local TCCRAs and stuff. And I just, I just kind of wish they would do it a little bit more. I know it seems so counterintuitive, but in, in the way that you're talking about it, if you widen it to the point where it's like, okay, you can go from this point to this point, figure it out. You know, it, it's not going to be, you know, a bunch of uh, quad trails. It's going to be a bunch of little single tracky. It's because of the fact that there's just natural flow yeah. within the trees and the obstacles and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, he does – every week he does like a little section of fresh cut where he'll do that. Just 40 feet wide, he'll cut all like the underbrush and leave anything, you know, this big around or bigger. You know, they'll leave all that and and it literally gets, like you said, you know, four single tracks wide. Like that by the end of the day, you can go from one single track to the other. So like – it's just it's just wild how the courses end up with all the riders and stuff and it's fun like i said you know it's not just hammer down and win like you really got to be you know you got to strategize with the lappers and like i've been a minute ahead owning the race and all of a sudden i got passed by two guys and i'm in third or fourth and i'm like how the hell did that just happen you know i just made some bad choices in the lappers and they made the good ones and like, boom, they were on me like that. And then there's been times I've been in, like, fourth or fifth. You know, I make a couple moves, and all of a sudden I'm leading. And it's uh, it's cool, though. It's You know, it's what – every time I go out there, it tests every skill I have on a dirt bike, and that's what really attracts me to it. You know, riding motocross and stuff my whole life, I just feel like every time now, I just kind of get in that flow and go, like, you know, try and flow as easy as possible. But, like, in the woods, I mean, you're just hanging it out wheelie and stuff you know like just doing using all the techniques you have from riding for so long and actually getting to use them because you're not got it you don't have to save energy for three hours or flow the turn perfectly to keep your lap time down you know like you're just hammering through the trees
0: yeah oh man hammering down through the trees i did not do any of that in baja no there are no (laughs) trees
2: (laughs) down there the piney forest up north or whatever they well but even that's like
0: it's so cool it's you know you're you're there's really for what we rode anyway yeah. we did not get on any single track down there oh no um and it, it, there may be i have no idea i just know that a majority of that piney wood kind of area is talked about as like a lot of a lot of the score course right um, but that would be neat to, to to find out if there is kind of because he's obviously cameron knows there's single one. track everywhere yeah. Or yeah. make one, yeah. We could get uh, uh, all the those dudes to help us figure that out. Well, um, so you've got Crow Hill coming up with J Day. What what are there kind of are there any nationals up there that you guys are going to be able to kind of show your roots at? Because you know we've seen you guys some of the J Day rippers come down to, to maybe like the GNCC, some of the national enduros, and and do pretty well. Um, is there anything that you think is going to be on the schedule for you guys that y'all are going to be able to fit in?
3: um maybe unadilla uh you know like i was they're doing the sprint enduros too and you know everyone's asking me what i'm doing and you know i i got a normal life too so you know i really like the series that you know he does it awesome like you have two rounds and then you got three weeks off or a month off and then you got two three more rounds and then you got another couple weeks off and those breaks really like you know they let you put the bikes back together you know hang out with the family, the girlfriend, you know, your friends, you kind of get to keep your normal life going. You're not just racing every single weekend. And, you know, with me working full time, it's not like I get to enjoy stuff during the week. You know, I'm, I'm working all week. So, yeah. you know, having a couple of weekends off to go to the beach or, you know, even go riding with my friends somewhere is, is important to me, you know, and I've just, I've, I've chased it so long my whole life, you know, every single weekend it being part of the job that, you know, now I really enjoy my weekends off, and, and it actually makes me enjoy the race weekends that much more when I do go back. Yeah. I, so.
0: I, I think I'm kind of close to that same, that same mentality. You know, we granted,
2: were just talking about
0: it. Yeah, no, For sure, like, I, I, I don't follow a series anymore. I mean, it's unfortunate. I, I would love to be able to follow the TSEC series, which is our local Enduro series still, and it, it pains me sometimes to see all the updates of everybody getting to go to the races. But, you know, as you say, like, you got a full, a, a full work. Full week of work. There's life. There's all this stuff that goes on, and, and I've kind of found that these these bigger adventures that I've that I've been able to go on with my father and, and get involved in have really kind of been what has you know worked for me. Like I, I kind of don't follow a series. I go ride with my friends when I can, but then I try to find like these one or two bigger events to go really get a new you know stoke on life in riding because it has just been. So freaking cool doing this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I want to
2: go do a J-Day. But like he's talking about, then you, you've got time to put the bike back together. Yeah. You've got time to do the other things that are important in life. You know, as you get older, you're not 25 years anymore. Uh, you've Boy, got to do these, these other case, things. 18. Yeah, well. A but the, a lot of advantages to that. Yeah. That, no. That's good. No. The only problem is you've got is, is then you've got conflicts with other series. If you've got a series that runs like that, you probably have date conflicts with other things. Is that a challenge for you to get to other events if with your with your um, schedule?
3: Not really. You know, if I want to do it, I'll do it. Like you know, Unadilla, that kind of deal. And you know, I, I love racing and riding, so you know, a part of me does want to race every single weekend. But you know, when when I actually take a step back, you know. I'm I'm happier that I did that move, you know, and I didn't keep pushing the race in just because, you know, like I was saying, you know, the bike and your body, like, you know, I'm I'm not training every single day, eating right. Like, you know, if I'm going to eat a sub, I'm going to eat a sub for lunch because I'm at a work break, you know, like. Yep. So I need my body to heal a little bit and I need it to like, you know, the weekend off actually does me better than, you know, another weekend of racing. And it's like if I – if I ever was to, you know, for some reason get a ride and and go back to it full time, you know, if I got paid the money I, I, you know, deserve and, and need to, to make it a career, you know, that's the thing is I could still race right now. I'm the best I've ever been. But, you know, unless you're getting a, a pretty solid salary, it doesn't even out, you know, like you make a 100 grand, you spend 120. It's like, you know, the numbers don't work. And, and I'm at the point in my life where, you know you know i'm a i'm a grown man i got responsibilities i got things i got to take care of and and chasing this dream that you know riding around in 15th place making a thousand bucks is not the dream you know it's not going to get you where it's not going to get me where i'm trying to be you know and and since i've come back up here i've just been working like crazy and and this jedi thing and you know that's like my escape just having fun racing my dirt bike with my friends but you know, then getting the time off too is mm. is what keeps it keeps it going. If it was a every single weekend thing, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I would be back to just riding once in a while here and there. But he makes it possible for the working man. You know,
0: I like it. Well, uh, what what was going on this winter? I know typically I see all kinds of stuff with the J Day winter series and uh, the Sprint series starting up a little bit earlier. But it seemed like it was kind of slow with J Day this winter. Did I just miss it, or did it kind of just didn't happen that much this winter?
3: um well he usually does that race down at boswick and that gets a lot of buzz so he didn't do that this year so i'm sure that that was a part of it but yeah they uh i think they canceled one of the winter sprint enduros and stuff i mean we we had you know you could see the grass in january and then all of a sudden february we got you know in our area we set the record in the most snow in history we've ever had like you know 300 something years of us being here you know 1700s and we just had the most this year you know and and in one month in this month of february alone was when you know it was like 36 inches two days later 18 inches two days later 24 inches two days later just insane for for weeks like that so it was a little bit of a rough winter up here for sure but i'm hoping to talk them into doing like a southern J day series down you know in the carolinas a couple rounds in the late fall and then like a couple rounds in the before the GNCC start and there's just so many sick places down there you you know I used to live down there that that there are that would do it that want to do it so bad and you know it's it'd be a little series it wouldn't be something huge but it would get the the southerners and the people below the Mason Dixon line to be able to you know check out what he's what kind of series it is and and how awesome it is and you know and potentially expand to like a whole east coast thing but for sure he's got his plans he's an incredibly smart incredibly smart, intelligent person with all this is marketing, is everything like, you know, they all told that kid he was an idiot for doing what he's doing and look at him now, you know, like it uh he, he knows what he's doing. He's got a sick game plan. And you know, it's cool we learn from each other. You know, we're kind of the same age, grinding through the same thing and you know, he's he's up there today. Like, you know, I know the things I do with like the track and stuff. You know, he doesn't have that kind of experience. Like the dirt end of it, you know, moving dirt and shaping stuff. But, you know, we definitely learn something from each other every time I go up there. And, you know, I do a lot of enduro cross and and J-Day style tracks for people. I mean, all over the country, you know, they want a little bit of everything. So I literally build them a J-Day course. And, you know, I, I have helping him with the course, you know, that, I usually don't mess with the single track. I don't even see it until race day, you know, any of the any of the trail stuff. I'm just so busy with the machines doing the extreme section or you know hauling dirt or getting the moto section ready. Like that's what you know, I spay, spend my time and I literally Sunday the people are like, Oh, how's the course? I'm like, I don't know. All I know is the ram tracks in the extreme section. I have no idea where the woods goes. I'm like, I don't even know where it goes in but, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna like, look what? for the arrows. <laughs> I'm like, Is it going on to top of the hill? They're like, No, out by the sand and I'm like, Oh shit, I better check that out. <laughs>
0: You, like, jump over the wrong berm. You're like, man, this is weird. I'm the
3: only one oh, over yeah. here. Oh, yeah, do it all the time. Like, he'll just take a right if you're on the moto track, and you're just ripping the track. Like, I got this, and then it just goes right, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> blowing banners and stuff.
0: <laughs> so you said the Mason-Dixon line. What was the last time you heard somebody actually mention the Mason-Dixon line?
2: Uh, about 20 years ago.
0: I know. That's awesome. I haven't – I haven't heard that in so long. well. I grew up in Louisiana, so obviously you know there's a lot of there's a lot of Southern pride uh, down yeah. there, down there in the South for sure. So Hail fire, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets a little bit interesting. Well, uh, so we got Crow Hill next, um, and then you said is that is that after that when you guys have a little bit of a break and then you come back or do you have a little um, bit of a break no, now? We actually,
3: this this weekend's actually we got an action packed weekend. Thursday's the uh, good times, you know. Dirt Bikes and Good Times Tour. Oh, with Verb, uh, right? Yep. Okay. Thursday at the track. And then Friday night is actually the premiere in Worcester, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Saturday's open practice. Sunday, this is J-Day. And Verb's going to be there filming it all and making an episode out of it, doing some edits and stuff. So it'll be pretty cool. And then uh, next weekend, actually next Saturday, is a sprint enduro at Crow Hill, which should be pretty cool you know he's gonna use some three different you know the special tests or whatever and he's got he's got some awesome stuff planned so i I think i might race that one just because you know i've never done one of those and i can sprint like a mad dog so i think i'll be pretty good at it
0: there you go i like it i like it uh you know one thing i don't know if we we might have talked about this before it's like but because of the fact you've such a moto enthusiast i mean you grew up racing in southwick and, and racing moto and stuff is it because of J-Day that you kind of got into the off-road side of things, or did you just kind of ride off-road for fun when you weren't riding motocross?
3: Well, I grew up, you know, riding with my dad. We'd go to a track, and then we'd go trail riding from okay. there. I like, that's just what I did. And, you know, every single – obviously, when I was training, I was doing motos and stuff, but, like, forever, my favorite thing to do was to go for a little trail ride, hit a pit – trail ride, to another pit, hit some single track, cross a river, you know, like that's always been my favorite thing to do, you know? And then I, I did a couple of woods races here and there, but I never really like got into it, you know, other than just like race one and then didn't race it for two more years, three more years or something. And, uh, the J Day was like kind of a mix, you know. I still got to do the moto, and <clears throat> the the J Day is the thirty minutes. You can sprint for thirty minutes, you know. Like at a GNCC, you can't sprint for three hours unless you're Caleb Russell because he's such a savage. But like <laughs> yeah. no one else can do that, you know. Like I can sprint for thirty. I did it with him at Dilla. I went for thirty minutes, you know, with him right there with him, and then he kept going for another two and a half hours and. You know, I was dead by the end of the race, and like you know, just fading back because I was so tired. And you know, the J days really allow you to just hang it out, and then you can you know catch your breath, regroup, and hang out another one. But
0: hang out and then hang it up.
3: Yep, that's hey, right.
0: Um, I'm gonna patent that. That'll be the that'll be J days. Uh, J days slogan. Yeah, next year.
3: That is a good one, actually. <laughs> there
0: it is. There it is. I'm telling you, man, it's all up here just need people like Robbie Marshall to help fish it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I need smarter people than myself to help dig around in my brain to figure out what's in the cobwebs.
2: No, no, no. no. Don't dig around in his brain. Yeah. It, it, you don't you're, know what you'll find. Yeah, you're going
3: to come hey, up with stuff. some good stuff up there, I bet.
2: <laughs> and some cobwebs.
3: Yeah. It's like the hamster running on the wheel, like,
0: hmm. <laughs> he's, like, staring at the wheel because the wheel's broken, and he's like, hmm, well, that's, that sucks. <laughs> 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 well cool man well good luck with the rest of the yeah, JD yeah. series I hope you can totally do a repeat and be up there be like pot full of awesome bitches seat time woo yeah yeah
3: that,
2: that format just just sounds like so much fun motocross woods riding half an hour yeah. pound it as hard as you can a little bit of everything every skill set you need man I'm jealous I want to do it yeah but I need a time warp so you guys a, have to a, enjoy it for me we did
3: do an old fart class no so they did a Hey, there's a he just made a vet pro class and oh uh, no 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 we no, mean
2: no, like no. we need a triple old fart yeah class. like it's if like I, take
0: I, the take the kids I, course and then take the extreme section out of the kids course and then that's the old fart class
3: he can ride the super senior
0: <laughs> they
2: have a super super senior no,
3: J Day <laughs> has no. for everyone my just ride, like KTM has a bike for my, everyone my
2: riding days are over but I'll enjoy it through you guys yeah and the format just sounds awesome I wish. I wish we'd have had that. We used to have a couple down in uh, Louisiana in Sarah where they would have a Sarah Harris Scramble that was at a motocross track. And then half of it would be on the motocross track. The other half would go out in the woods. Yeah, same thing. But it it wasn't like half an hour, half an hour. It was a two-hour. But still, I mean, those were a blast because you got to do your little bit of moto. Of course, we're talking when travel was six inches. Got to do your a little bit of moto. You got to do you, little moto. you, to do you a little like bit of woods. 20 feet, not um, 300. You got to do your water. You got to, I mean, that, that format just sounds like so much fun. A little bit of everything in one ride. I'm jealous. There it is. If
0: Papa, yeah, it's, it's, uh, if Papa Pierce is jealous, in that, in that
2: black New England mud, that, that oh, just that traction dirt. everywhere when you're not hitting a rock. But traction everywhere. Mm, mm, mm. I think it would be pretty wicked. Well, uh, oh, last
0: question. What does a man like yourself do in a house when there's 300 inches of snow outside?
3: I mean, if there's that much snow, I'm usually plowing. And then after you plow, you get to push it back because the snow banks are too big. And then you're like, you finally sit down and you're like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna relax. And then it snows six more inches, and you gotta go back out and plow another 20 hours. So we don't sit much inside if if you got any of the plowing game going on. Uh, do
0: you charge people like by the inch?
3: Yeah, you can try – Well, some people do. It depends what you do. Or like I do a lot of pushbacks with the machines. Like I take a skid steer to someone's house because the snowbank's too big, and you know, I'll like charge them like hundred bucks an hour and, and push the snow back. Usually, only takes like an hour to do one of the driveways. They're all pretty small, but you know if one takes a while, obviously it's a little more. But it's good. And then just plowing, you know, during the storms, like some parking lots, you know, whatever, whatever kind of needs to be done hopefully get on the town next year because you get paid a shitload mm. i
0: like it i like it but uh so you
2: need to have I take like it you're not a fan of global warming then you want it to stay cold and snow a lot up there
3: yeah i don't really like the cold i've <laughs> i actually been living in charlotte north carolina the past four years and you know i was florida california yeah you know. All over the place before that, so this was my first winter here in ten years, and I opened my big mouth in January. I'm like, "Oh, it's my first winter back," and there's not even any snow, and then we got 106 inches in a month.
2: Be careful yep. with what you Way, way to
0: go, Mister robbie Marshall.
3: Way yeah, to go. go, my <laughs> big mouth, dude. Good Every, job.
0: Everybody in J Day right now knows that you're the that you're the reason, and they're coming on the way to your house with their pitchforks and fire.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: Way to go, dude. Well, cool, man. Yep.
3: Just so they're angry I
0: know. alright so give me at least three really good uh, sayings with your awesome accent before we go uh,
3: what kind of sayings
0: I don't know something that sounds awesome with your accent I would say it but I don't know it until you say it and then I giggle
3: uh, well there's the basic one that everyone knows the Pac-The-Con Harvard Yard. Can you say that?
0: Park the car in Harvard Yard.
3: That's pretty solid. You just don't say your eyes ever. Ever? Ever. And it's Baston.
2: The Baston.
0: Baston?
3: Yeah.
0: All right, come on, keep going. What else we got? Uh, come
3: on, Ripper. What, what, do you call, what do you call that team? Come on, Adam Sandler's Welcome to Worcester, Jolly 25.
2: Yep. <laughs> I don't think I can get that one. <laughs> that
3: so, sounds professional.
2: What do you call that team that plays uh, in that green baseball field?
3: Fenway? Yeah, what do you call it? Fenway the, Pack? The, the, the Sa- Red Sox? The Sacks. Playing the Pack. The Red Sox? Sox. Yeah.
2: I love that field. I love Fenway Park.
3: Yeah? Pack,
2: excuse me. Pack?
3: Yeah, Fenway pack. Fenway, pack.
0: Pack. Pack. Fenway pack. Green Monster. The Green Monster. Okay, I thought I was like the green, green something. I'm not a baseball person, but hey, that's okay. I'm not much of anything, really. I'm just a guy I've with only the
2: been there three times, but I love it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, one more. I don't know. What do, you, what do you got? What do I got? What do I say? I'm drawing a blank here. We got a lot of sayings.
0: Yeah, because you, it's just talking normal, and everybody else is like, and then guys yeah. like me just giggle.
3: We've been adding M to everything. Like, we're going ripping them, jonesing them, hanging them, ripping them, you know? Interesting. J-Daying them. j <laughs> You know?
0: Whoa. Whoa. Seat them. timing them. Seat timing them. Hey.
2: That's a good one. Hey. We can end on that.
0: Bringing it. it- he paid his dues. There it time. is. Seat timing them. I oh, like it. Seat timing them. Enjoying a pint full of awesome.
3: That's it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Don't about. get him started. Yeah, now we're ruining <laughs>
2: okay. All those cobwebs. So tell him all all out. Out.
3: Yeah,
0: Yeah, all those cobwebs are starting to burn. It's starting to hurt. Uh, uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on the show again, especially after such a long, hard day, getting everybody's uh, track ready for the weekend. You know they appreciate it. So yeah. at least when you get there, you, you might know which way the arrows point. Hopefully. Yeah.
3: Until yeah, you go no, in the woods. I'll, I'll figure it out. I, I usually go for a walk during like the uh, like the C group. See a bunch of my buddies out there ripping, cheer them on, check out the course. Seen a guy tag a tree so hard, I thought he was dead the other day. <laughs> <That's> not gonna <laughs> so hit a root. He hit a root and just, I mean, pop, hit that thing. I was like, I ran over to him, and he was a little dizzy, but he was all right. He got going.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's never good. At least you were there to help him out and be like, yeah, I him. Yeah. It didn't really work, did it?
3: Did you rip him? All right, well, thanks for having me, boys.
0: <laughs> thanks, man. We really appreciate it. Have fun out there. And do well. we Will do. See ya. <laughs>
3: right on. Get some sleep.
0: Oh, I will. <laughs> nice, dude. Take it easy. Whoa. So. Of course, one of, the, one of the fine folks that do sponsor this show that we did not get a chance to talk about is Stillwell Performance. So com is where you can go check it to learn more about them. They specialize in off-road suspension. And specifically, if you've got maybe 4CS, you could read up about what they've done with Dirt Rider. Dirt Rider raves on what they've done with their 4CS. And hopefully I'll be raving soon. My uh, suspension should show up this week um, back from Stillwell Performance. I uh, told you guys I got a 2015 350 XCF. Um, wrote it. Was awesome settings that stock the settings that um, Stillwell gave to me. Actually rode pretty good. It definitely was harsh in the front, but nowhere near as bad as the 14th The 2014s was way worse. So I'm looking forward to getting that back. It's going to be cool to be able to go ride that, test, the play around. Maybe we could do some more rate local races when I, if and or win. There's time. We'll see how that goes. But definitely. So StillwellPerformance.com, As I tell you guys. One of the things that I like about Alan Stilwell is that his ability to explain what's going on. And that's why I say don't just go there and expect to order suspension. You know, say, oh, yeah, I want to get my suspension done. Here's my rider list. I'm going to send it off. What I, I, I recommend you doing is I recommend you calling, talking to, to, to Tara, the lady that's behind the office. Tell her you want to talk to Alan, and you've got a lot of questions to ask him, and he's going to be able to help you out. That's what he does, and he's great at it. If for some certain reason you want to just watch YouTube videos while you're at work, we do have a couple interviews that we have done with Alan Stillwell. Those are very good as well. The really good one is the one where he explains 4CS and why those forks kind of come across so harsh in the very beginning of the stroke. I think those are... That was an awesome episode. Blew my mind. Yeah. Absolutely
2: blew my mind. And Of course... I it, even understood it.
0: Yeah, you're like, thank you for making it to where us with hamsters all barely on wheels in our heads could were, know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. If I can remember.
0: I think yours is actually spinning. Mine's the one that we're just... That, that guy's just up there taking a nap. Happens to the best Mine's of us. Mine's worn out. Happens to the best of us. I can only say that. So... You you can't thank Fly Racing enough for their ability to help us promote great times with seat time. Uh, obviously, the new 2015 spring or uh, summer Kinetic Mesh Gear. Uh, huge huge thanks to those guys. Using the hashtag Pintful of Awesome to say Bam, good times. That's what we want to promote. Uh, we're all always about that, and hopefully you guys are enjoying what we have to put out. Of course, Kenda tires, uh, Kenda Tire USA. Huge, huge supporter of Sea Time. Love running their stuff now that I've got a chance to kind of try out a couple different brands uh, or, I'm sorry, models that they have. And uh, Washougal well, 2s, I think, are some of the ones that are working the best all around. Um, looking forward to going back to the TKO in August because hopefully we get a chance to try out some of the newer kind of gummy prototypes that they're mm. going to have coming out Thank for the that. That's yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And then, of course, we're talking about just in Stillwell Performance. All of them, great, great supporters of Seat Time. and We can hope that anybody that pays attention here, if nothing else, just go check out their website. Maybe ask your local dealers about anything that they may offer um, carried by those guys. Obviously, we would really appreciate that. So.
2: Yeah. yeah. Just don't buy a set of used Kendas from this guy.
0: Yeah, they're pretty worn out by
2: the time I get done with them all. After, f- after 1,600 miles of Baja, there's knobs left. <laughs> they're never,
3: yeah,
0: in. They're it, there. They're there. Bigger than most, but bigger than, than yeah, that, that For sure. So thank you very much for paying attention to Seat Time. Of course, the website is SeatTime.co. That's where we the archive the site. We are on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Seat Time. Um, Twitter is at SeatTime underscore CO. We are on Instagram at SeatTime there, of course. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes. All of those are great places to subscribe to us. So that way when content comes up, bam, it's right there for you. Ready to watch, listen, listen. Pay attention. Shh, play for your mother. Maybe if you want us to get some of the Bostonian Rippas to do some uh, nursery rhymes, we can put that up for you guys, too. It's all possible. Just subscribe. Have a good time with it and see what happens. So, Stephen, what did we miss? I think we covered, it all. covered it all. Yes. First show back in a while. I feel like we did okay.
2: Crank the cover down. We didn't screw it up much. Call it a wrap.
0: Awesome. Dad, thanks again for coming to town. Thanks again for supporting me and everybody else on the Rip to Cabo. It was great having you there. Um, great being there. Yeah. So that was awesome.
2: all your viewers, you get Jordan, not me, most of the time. Yeah. Thankfully.
0: They, they might be jealous. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So and remember, if nothing else, always enjoy A pintful Full of Awesome. We will be back next week. Yes, two weeks in a row for you guys. It's going to be crazy. We'll see you then. Peace.